for podcasting. The PSAs you hear on Miller and Condon and iHeartMedia Des Moines are presented in part by Nick Mick. We take care of our own. Now, here's Miller and Condon. You'll get a confirmation text and info. Ken Miller. Trent Condon. Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM. All right, good morning, everybody. Welcome to Miller and Condon on a uh, Thursday. It's Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. Trent Condon and Ken Miller talking sports with you for the next couple of hours. Thank you for spending some of that uh, here with us. The BMW Des Moines guest list, and it's a busy day here today. We, uh, with being off on Tuesday, it suddenly dawned on us that we haven't played the hits since Monday. So we'll do that towards the end of the show. But here's the BMW of Des Moines guest list. First and foremost, um, Mike Palm from Circa, who normally joins us on Mondays. Uh, Circa owns that real estate just before the top of the 11 o'clock hour. Uh, they had to make alternate plans. So he'll join us here at 10.15. Pretty good. Thursday night, get the latest online movements from uh, Mike Palm, VP of Ops at Circus Sports. Huskers are off, but Stephen M. Sippel is still going to join. It's not like it's been a quiet week over in Lincoln. I <laughs> uh, look forward to having Sip on here at 10.30. Uh, Lee Sterling from Paramount Sports has got a handful of games that he will opine on. We'll kick off the 11 o'clock hour with Bill Bender talking college football uh, with the playoff in the news potential. Getting a little clarity on what that field of 12 will look like, including games on campuses early uh, in the playoffs, seemingly is the proposal that's gaining the most traction. But just when you thought maybe we're going to get across the finish line, the Rose Bowl has become that fly in the proverbial ointment. We will play the hits, 11-25. John Bowenkamp on Iowa. John Walters on Iowa State before Trent's play of the day. He's got some football tonight, NFL, pretty decent college game, ACC divisional tilt, North Carolina and Pittsburgh. See if those come up on his plays of the day. Come on, there's college basketball. 2-0 and yesterday. Yeah, you know, it's just hard for I, me. I, have, I didn't watch a second of action last night. Didn't you? So no, I can turn it off. No, just really? stinks. I, I can't. Yeah. College basketball's here. We are so different as it pertains <laughs> to once we get to November, what our midweek watching mm-hmm. is. Me, it's college basketball year. Still watching crappy mid American Well, because football. I know I've only got two weeks left of it. Yeah, it's not good. Called, yeah, you know what? It was good. I'm Rocky Lombardi, local kid. Yeah. Never yeah. know. We might get some calls on Lombardi here today. And if we do, I'm ready, damn it. You got it. <laughs> yeah. So he answered the bell last night, huh? Because yeah, I know, I know he, was, he was banged up last week, left the game yeah. a week ago for NIU. So he came back and took the Huskies to a win. Well, I don't know how it ended because it turned out it was Minnesota sports night for me in the 9 ah. o'clock hour. I watched the Teevils and I watched the Wild. Um, boy, Anthony Edwards is good. Yes, he is. He's so fun to Need watch. Need some help. He does. Um, and I hope they keep him. I believe they will. Mm-hmm. You remember when he went number one overall in that draft? Boy, this isn't the shiniest of draft classes. Right. Um, it was him or the big kid that uh, went to, what, Memphis? Uh, I want to say. Yeah, I think he went to Memphis anyways. Um, or he's from Memphis. Uh, I don't know where he ended up. Anyways, uh, Anthony Edwards, fun, fun, fun player to watch. So... We've got uh, a busy program here today. Not a lot to recap on this Veterans Day. You know what I was wondering about? What, did you guys ever do poppies? 
Were poppies, poppies ever a thing here? Like the red flower poppies? The red flower yeah. poppies. I remember them as a youngster. Yeah, when, but when back in the 80s. But when did it stop? I don't know. I, I really have no idea because you say that, yeah, I have very vivid memories mm-hmm. of that. But it just kind of dissipated, right? It just... Well, it don't say it on, anymore. Yeah, it dissipated from me when I crossed the border in 1989. Yeah. Because it, that was, you know, getting ready for school. You got your books, got your homework, got your poppy. Right. Got your yep. toque. Because <laughs> it's November 11th, after all, and it's bound to be cold outside. But yeah, it just dawned on me. Uh-huh. It's a national holiday. It's called Remembrance Day. Oh, okay. That's how we refer to it. But Veterans Day. Um, so those of, uh, yeah, spend, a, you know, if you have a quiet moment, think mm-hmm. about what this day actually means and certainly be grateful to uh, all of those who uh, served before us and uh, are continuing to serve and one day will be veterans. Yes. Uh, big thank you to people in my life, my father-in-law, a veteran, my next door neighbor, Dan, who is uh, now a Des Moines police officer. Thank you to him and my cousin, Casey, one of my closest friends. Uh, and still in the Iowa Reserves. And a big thank you to them and everybody that has served the military. No question about that. All right, so we've got the football tonight, but you'll be on basketball apparently. Now here's the thing that is going to be, I don't know, I guess I don't know what the 9.30 slate is college football-wise on Saturday night. I don't have that at the tip of my fingers, but the locals will be long over by then. How about Texas and Gonzaga? That's a shiny object. That's one versus five. That's one versus five. Okay, yeah, and nine thirty. Good nine thirty on off. the deuce tomorrow night. You have ten thirty tip off. Villanova at UCLA at ten thirty. At ten thirty, it's a not, big game. Not a neutral sider. Another top five matchup. Mm-hmm. Number two UCLA. Who's number four Villanova. That game that will be you sure. It's, that's an eight thirty Pacific. If you're that is wow. at Pauley Pavilion, so it's not some neutral site garbage. Uh-huh. Maybe actually they'll fill that building for once. Uh-huh. And that's on the deuce. Okay, tomorrow night. You won't. No, I don't. You won't even so. get to the end of the first half, will you? No, that no. <laughs> well, I'll be driving from. Oh, you're going to be Cedar at the Falls. dome, right? Yes, I'll be leaving. That is perfect because I'll be in the car. Mm-hmm. See if I can find it somewhere. Get one of those four flung reaches that you can get at night on AM radio and driving down because I'll be heading down to Iowa City. Uh, staying over at a buddy's on Friday night. Are so, you going to the game Saturday? Yeah, yeah. Oh, nice. And it's kind of working out well. So, gonna finish up the doubleheader. Right. On the bull on Friday, you and Joe Stacy have yes. both are doing both of them. So you'll do play by play for one, and yep. and he'll do it for the other. He's got play by play for game one, Valley against Ankeny. Yeah. I'll be the color man, and then we'll flip flop for game two, Southeast Polk against City High. Should be a fun night, Mitch Moore and City yeah. High. How about the boy? He's done a nice job getting to getting to the semifinals. Yes, final four, year number one. Had a lot Pretty of returning good. talent. He, did, did uh, he took over a good spot, mm-hmm. and you know one thing I always wonder with him. We saw him at Roosevelt. And taking over and, and kind of continuing what Coach Lincoln started to build there at mm-hmm. Roosevelt and had done a good job. But what ultimately, Mitch Moore, who was at Iowa State, what's the end game? Mm-hmm. You know, is it to keep building up at the high school ranks and get one of the power jobs, which are what? Valley, Dowling, yeah. Ankeny, you know, something like right. that. If that's his ultimate goal and come back to Central Iowa, is it to get back into the college game? Hmm. Maybe go small college? great motivator, Trey. Yes, he is. Yep. He, he has done a really good job at the programs that mm-hmm. he has been. Just wonder what his end game is. Or maybe he's just happy. Hey, he's got the job he wants now. Mm-hmm. Obviously, he can win at City High. They've done it in the past, and they're doing it right sure. now. And he's just happy with that. But So what about the locals tomorrow night? How do, how do you see these games tomorrow night? So game one is the 4 o'clock game. That is Valley against Ankeny. Mm-hmm. They played a month ago. It was one of the best high school games that I've seen. 
certainly this season. And, and Better than Valley Dowling? It, it was that good. Really? It was another back-and-forth game. 38-35 was the final. You know, Ankeny's defense had been so good all season long, and that was the difference from what they were a year ago, whereas so much talk about the offense. Mm-hmm. And, well, they had two guys. Yeah, Jace Bauer, talk about. as good as a quarterback as you're going to find. Of course, Arlen Bruce, what they were able to do outside, the great running game, all those things. It was about the offense. But they returned eight starters defensively from pretty good defense. You figure, all right. And they were buttoned up all season long, and then Valley just got them. Mm-hmm. And it was rare to make him plays as athletic of a tight end as you're going to find mm-hmm. in high school football. And there's a reason he's going to Notre Not Dame. Really. <laughs> yeah. He is just a freak athlete. Moral, the quarterback was making plays. I was just surprised. I thought Valley could win the game, but if it was, they'd have to win at 16-14. So this is a coin flip tomorrow night, you're saying? I don't see the Ankeny defense playing as poorly as they did that gotcha. night. I think they're I going think to play a lot Hodge. better. I'm leading Ankeny's way. Yeah, Ankeny's my pick in yeah. that one. And I think Mitch Moore's got something waiting for him. Southeast Polk, yeah. after what I saw from them last week, they're playing at a really close, high level. Yeah. They were just a lot better than Dowling Catholic yep. last Friday. Wasn't even close. I think Southeast Polk rolls in that one, and we'll get a rematch for the title, Ankeny versus Southeast Polk. Well, um, we look forward to that. Now, not that I don't want to turn on the bull and listen to you. You should. I absolutely do. Uh, what, might there be TV, though, of these games tomorrow yeah, night? Yeah, yeah. They'll be Are on there? TV, yeah. 23, 17? Uh, I can't remember which one it is, but 11? yeah, it's, it's on TV. No, it's not 11. It's it's on TV, though. Okay. And yeah, the, the high school network that has changed hands now, new group, bought that from Krogman. Uh, Ken Krogman, yep. yeah, has taken over there. Rick Silvestrini, he's still involved with it, but yeah, you'll be able to catch that on TV. But if you're out and about, or if you're stuck at work, just pop us on 96.9 The Bull, or just go on the iHeartRadio app, and you can find us that way. Myself and Joe Stacy for both games tomorrow. Good stuff. Uh, just just real quick on this, uh, thank you to everybody that uh, you know listens to this radio station. Marconi didn't go our way, mm-hmm. uh, but it was it's just uh, great to be nominated um, and. You know, maybe next time, right? Right. Yeah. Again, the thing is, me though, I'm zero for two. Zero for two. Well, right. you're the only one that though that was part of two nominations, yeah, right? Two thousand eight, and then uh, and and then this one. But it's great to be nominated. Yes. And, um, you know, pretty good story, KX. You know, uh, this this past year. Anyways, so enough about that. We will move on. Um, football wise tonight, so the Ravens and the Dolphins kind of not does doesn't no. do it for you. No, not at How all. How can the Dolphins keep this game close? How? Because I think it's the, the college... NFL. Have you watched well, it the last two weeks? Yeah. Well, how about this? I'm, I'm glad you brought that up. That, that leads me seamlessly to this little nugget from Todd Furman. The season overall, right? Favorites against the spread, 42%. Favorites against the spread. Home favorites against the spread, 38%. Wow. 38%. Home teams, 43%. Just straight up? Straight up, 43%. So we have talked a lot about, about home, field, spreads, yes. home field advantage. The fact that it no longer matters. We have to look at games differently. If you're handicapping... No longer three. It's not three. Nope. Uh, it is now, what did Chris Andrews from the South one, Point... One, one and a half, I think he said. He said that's on average. There are eight or nine teams, maybe up to ten now, that mm-hmm. he does not even put a home field advantage. He said there's some home field advantages that are getting so bad, including San Francisco. He's thinking about actually even maybe putting a negative number in there. Really? I don't know if he was talking flippantly, but he said it's that bad. But when you have now a third of the league that does not have a home field advantage, quote-unquote, right. from what it's considered. And that's just so wild but to me. Why because why is that now, I wonder? Is it the communication with the quarterbacks that much easier and oh, the middle linebacker? Yeah. 
the technology yeah. is advanced the that green far. Green dot helmet, yeah. Where offenses are so advanced that it's not about teams are so good at the silent count that that doesn't matter anymore. Maybe the sound doesn't matter. I don't because it's still crazy. Ultimately, you're still going on the road. You're still traveling. That has to be something. But it's not. It used to be. But it's not. It, yeah. Well, you know what? We've got Mike Palm coming up here. Yeah. We can ask him that uh, ex- precise question when we get him here uh, in, in a couple of minutes. Good to see them in town last week. Hope it worked out well for them. We will find out. Have you looked at the slate of games this, uh, for this coming weekend from a betting perspective? I, I have. I've started to dig in. So last week I had a great week. You've and got a couple of them now. Last week I did things a little bit differently. I a lot of times, like some pools I am, kind of put my initial thoughts in there right away, Monday or Tuesday. And then I wait and then I reevaluate. Last week, I didn't do that. Instead, I'm going to talk with you. It usually gives me some ideas. Kind of formulate my plan. I'm going the other way. That's the way you should be doing it. Yeah. Formulate my plan and then ultimately make the pick. So it worked out really well last week. That's what I'm doing again this week. Okay. So yeah, this is now the time that I'm starting to dig in a whole lot more. I'll tell you, on the local level, Iowa State, Texas Tech. I, I just don't have a feel. Mm-hmm. I that number. You don't think Texas Tech's going to beat them? No, no. But with no, the number there, right around that ten, eleven yeah, range, it's a tough number. It's a tough number. Yep. But I think I'm grabbing the points with the Gophers. I, I think you that's, did on the TV show yesterday. Yeah, on Mediacom. I, I was surprised. I think it's going to be a tight game. Mm-hmm. What is Minnesota be, can't be as bad as they were last week. No, no. And looked at the last time that they had a putrid performance mm-hmm. against Bowling Green. They came out and played really well. You know Phil Fleck has this one circle. Yeah. He's never beat Ferentz. Yep. It's a rivalry game. Yep. They still have a chance in the West. I mean, there's so was much it last playing. year the timeouts up at the end of the football yes. game? Okay, yeah. so that probably left a mark. Right, absolutely. Mm-hmm. So rubbing their face in it a little mm-hmm. bit there. There's just so much there. The last time they came to Kinnick, they were ranked in the top five in the country, and they got beat. Yeah. Again, it just, right. there's a lot Weren't pointing that direction. Yeah, they yeah. were unbeaten. How is Tanner Morgan this bad? That's but still Trent, the thing it's, that I, it's depending on when you watch him because I've seen him play well this year. Not very much though. No, there's been more bad. I yeah. agree with you. From what that guy was two years yeah, ago, he looked like he was. He was gonna, on the way to the league. Yeah, absolutely. Now, when you have Rashawn Bateman on one side, that's going to help right, out. It doesn't hurt. When Artman Bell's here, and number he'll three. be playing tonight. By the way, yes, that that also helps things out a little bit. I think their offensive line's pretty good. Left tackle's not good, but every mm-hmm. other position has been solid this year. Well, the big kid at the end of the line, yes. the six foot nine kid, starts with a net fat. I don't even know how to say it. And the defensive ends, that's my biggest concern. They got two guys that can really generate pressure on the outside. We know how much Iowa struggled with the tackle position this year offensively. And what's Iowa going to do with Padilla? Because it's going to be Padilla, well, right? Well, by the way, did you hear what Ferentz said on the radio show last night? I did. I, what did, I, you, how did you? How did you take that? Not well. <laughs> I, I will tell you that much because I don't understand how you can watch last week's game and say, oh, Petrus is okay. He goes back into the game. Trent, he couldn't throw the ball from me to you. This is what Ferentz said last, last night on his radio show. Spencer is improving daily. If Ferentz had to make a decision right now, he said, quote, I don't think he's ready to go, but this comes from John Steppy with the Cedar Rapids Gazette. Quote, nothing is written in permanent ink. Mm. Kirk, it should be. You have a chance to see a different quarterback. Mm-hmm. Spencer Petras has proved that he's good enough to win some games, yep. but he's not good he's enough to win a division title. Quarterback. Middle of the road is kind. Yep. Look at any metric. Any metric out there, he is not a middle of the road quarterback. He's a bad quarterback. Yeah. Two years now, we have seen that. He is not good enough to lead Iowa to Indianapolis. He just isn't. He just, you know, he, he just won't. He refuses to make a mistake. <laughs> he refuses to, you know, chuck the ball down the field. 
And throw, even with that, he ball. threw four picks against Purdue. I, and, I get it. It's just that, it, and it's check. He's checked down Charlie too right. much. If the tight ends aren't there, this play's not going to work. And we saw Padilla going after some different guys last week, which was refreshing. Red jersey. I'm sure he looks great in practice. I'm sure Petrus looks as good as anybody. Well, Trent, but well, nobody I, can touch him. Think how good, think how pumped up we were. We'll get Mike Palm here mom, uh, momentarily. When he was thrown against air in those videos this summer. That was you. Okay, maybe it was me. That was you. Yeah, I couldn't get you to come along. Is that what you're no. saying? No. You weren't as excited as I was? My other question <laughs> is, is Brian Ferentz going to game plan and scheme for a guy that can move outside the pocket? The waggle has disappeared. Yeah, well, because Petrus can't do it. Okay. But he did it last year. They used it at the beginning of the year. They he's moved just, the pocket he's, for he's him. Just, uh, he's just statuesque back there. And how much the running game opened up? It was against a bad mm-hmm. Northwestern defense. I, I get all that. We'll see. This is a lot better they defense. They won the game by five. Did. Right. And they're cruising along, and then mm-hmm. Kirk says, let's put in the lockbox yep. and hold on. It didn't have to be that way. Kirk wanted it to be that way because that's the way that he plays football here. Ultimately, if Brian can do something, if they can scheme up, if we see more motion, if we see some zone reads, we use Padilla in the way that plays to his strengths, I will win this football game. If not, if it's the same stuff that we've seen over the last month now, I was going to lose to Minnesota. That's mm-hmm. where I am right now. Mm-hmm-hmm. Well, we shall see. What is the number right now? I believe at Circa it is five and a half. Uh, right now, that's what I was favored by, five and a half. Uh, by the way, if you'd like to win tickets to Senior Day at Kinnick Stadium, your opportunity is, well... Uh, is happening at the Miller and Condon Twitter page. It's courtesy of our friend Dr. Stephen Fuller, uh, our dentist, Dr. Fuller, uh, East 29th Street in Des Moines, also Southwest 8th Street in Altoona. A couple of locations for those of you over in eastern Polk County. And if you've got dental insurance and you haven't used it, um, it's going to come out. It's going to run out here by the end of December. So if you got those benefits, haven't used them, haven't been to the dentist in the pandemic, or you're new to the air, whatever, fullerdental.net. But Back to my original point, you have an opportunity to win tickets to Illinois. Simply go to the Miller and Condon Twitter page. Total yards combined, Minnesota and Iowa, closest without going over. Uh, if there are two of you that select the same number, whoever chooses that number first will be the winner. And you have to use the hashtag at Fuller or hashtag Fuller Dental. Hashtag Fuller Dental to be eligible. Uh, that contest will close when the ball goes in the air on Saturday afternoon. Off to Vegas we shall go. Mike Palm was at Jack Trice Stadium on Saturday night to watch Texas and Iowa State. Did you have fun? Oh, what a great experience. There's nothing like a college football game on campus. And the crowd was great. The tailgating, great. And Iowa State played great in the second half. Texas really doesn't have a quarterback. My favorite moment was when uh, Iowa State scored their third touchdown of the third quarter. And the fans started chanting SEC. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, they were round up, no doubt about it. When Texas came to town, well, let's uh, speaking of coming to town, you and the, a big crew of circa folks were uh, spending uh, the weekend or about four days or so in our city and moving around to Jefferson, etc. Um, you're an Iowa guy, so you know what Iowa is like firsthand. Uh, what uh, what was the weekend like? What did it uh, meet your expectations, Mike? Yeah, I didn't want to go home. Uh, nice. I, I, I really didn't. I don't know how I'm going to convince my wife to move back or I can get Derek to have a bigger interest <laughs> in Iowa. But, uh, yeah, it did. I mean, it's great. You know, we started off in October, really got the last three weeks in when we launched Circus Sports. We did more right in the last uh, 10 days than we did in the first 21. So it's trending the right way. Good number of signups and accounts funded through the trip. 
the events at, at Wellman's in West Des Moines Thursday night, uh, Friday morning, and all day Saturday went, went very well. And then we had a you know a nice turnout for the party uh, up in Jefferson on uh, on Friday night. Derek flew in there to, to Carol, and he and a couple guys came over. And uh, he's a, I think they were there till a little after midnight, and then they caught the plane back. But yeah, it, it was a great time. We made a lot of good relationships, and uh, really a grassroots effort in the state of Iowa. Everything's really local and and it's impressive because it's an educated consumer. They're very passionate, especially about college sports, obviously, but a very educated consumer in terms of sports wagering. They ask the right questions when you're talking to them about why circus should be one of their three or four apps that they have. And uh, I think we made some great connections. Good. Good to hear. No doubt. And uh, well, people that have that circuit app downloaded or hopefully are doing it right now as we're speaking, Mike, we got games to talk about it and it starts with Thursday night football. Ken asked me earlier, how do the Dolphins? I mean, can how do the Dolphins even keep it close? I said, have you watched the NFL the last couple of weeks? <laughs> you guys, though, any operator out there, sportsbook operator, must be good to be in the bookmaking business here with the NFL the last couple of weeks. Yeah, well, three straight weeks prior to that, we booked losers, uh, small losers. Um, but then the last two Sundays have been incredible. Uh, we came close this past Sunday to what we did two weeks ago, but the, I mean, these head scratching upsets, right? And I mean, look at our survivor. When our survivor pool starts shrinking, it's usually a good thing for our over-the-counter uh, live business. Yeah. I, I mean, we lost 40% of the survivor pool each of the last two weeks. We're down under 700 now um, through week nine. But these, these these monumental upsets, you know, Jacksonville over the Bills, and Cowboys losing at home, getting crushed by Denver, the Rams. The Rams was the, a great result for us, Tennessee. They just kept betting the Rams end game on Sunday night as well, and they really couldn't mount any kind of a comeback. So, yeah. It, it was good to be the book for the past two weekends. You know, Mike, it was, we're starting to see some uh, stats, not trickle out, but be p- pointed out that just how poorly home teams are doing against the spread in the NFL. 43%. They're 58-77-1 against the spread in the NFL home teams. I'm, I'm sure that uh, uh, that Mr. Metcalf, Matt Metcalf, right, is his name, your line yeah, maker. that's correct. Uh, he's, what, what is he doing as far as home field advantage that, Universally, in and then oh, that's a three-point home field. A home team gets three points. That's not the case anymore. When did he start making those adjustments? Do you know? Yeah. Well, he started making them last year, and it's continued this year to the point where, and, and not just Matt, but I mean other bookmakers around town. You talk to you talk to Chrissy Andrews at the South Point, their trench friend, mm-hmm. and you talk to the guys at the Westgate. Look, there's very few teams that get a three anymore. It's it's less than a handful. Most teams are getting either a one-and-a-half or a two in terms of home field advantage at this point. So that, that's pretty significant in a line. And they're not performing to it anyhow, right? right? I mean, like you said, 43% against the spread, the home field advantage, even if most guys are at a two, is, is, is still maybe overstated. Even with fans back, and you would have thought that the, the fans coming back this year and, and, and the appetite for the football, it might have kicked back up. But so far it hasn't. It's wild. And the, the home field advantage, how that plays out, putting all that together. Mike, I think I saw heard Chris say eight, nine, ten teams now don't even have a home field advantage. How about the college game? Is the college game as impacted as what we see in the past? I know there's a wider range as it pertains to home field advantage in college football, but have those numbers slipped down in your mind? Yeah, I mean, they, they also vary with the programs, right? But I mean, the time of day is important in a game, too, in college. I mean, the home field advantage is greater in the evening obviously because the, the fans, the students are there drinking. And if the game is, if the game's at 2 o'clock or 5 o'clock 
the chances the students are going to be there for kickoff are much higher than these games that are, yeah. you know, earlier at 10 or 11 local time. Half the time, the students don't get there till halftime. So the home field advantage isn't as bad. But you think about a place like, you know, Ames on Saturday night. Think about Madison, Wisconsin. The bigger advantage later in the day when they play those night games. Traditionally, you know, LSU at night's a tough place to play. Mm-hmm. So it, it, it is a wider range uh, as far as the home field advantage than the pros. And it's also very greatly based on the program and the time of day. Uh, Mike Palm uh, from uh, Circus Sports is the VP of Ops at Circus Sports. Mike, my last thing for you, and I've heard this a million times, and I'm sure that you will um, back me up on this, that, that uh, players get the books uh, in college basketball in the month of November. There's just so many games, not only in college basketball, but you're working on college football, the NFL, of course, NHL and NBA are in full swing. This is the time that you might find some line vulnerability when it happens, when it comes to college basketball. Have you guys, as the book got beaten up or, or got, uh, on the losing end the first couple of nights? Yeah, it hasn't been too bad. Um, but generally you're right. Um, pre December, Free, uh, free when the, the college football um, season really ends and you get into the conference championship weekend. It's tough because there's so many games, so many new players now in college basketball, right? I mean, you have a preseason number, you got to adjust it. And then where I think the vulnerability really is is the halftime number. Mm-hmm. Uh, if there's a lot of games going on, it's really hard. I mean, you can use algorithms, but you got to watch games. you got to know what players might be nicked up. you got to understand momentum in games. And there's so many games, the real challenge is in making that halftime number. Mike Palm, VP of Ops, Circus Sports, Circus Sports in the state of Iowa. Uh, glad to see you last weekend. We'll see you when uh, it's our turn to come out to see you next time. Twist our arms. Uh, yeah, I'm, I might beat you. I might beat you, though. I might get back there before you come here. I'd like to get out there in December before Christmas. Again. All right, deal. We'll, we'll talk. Thank you, Mike Palm. Good to speak with you. Have a great weekend. Thanks, guys. Thanks for the time. Yep, good to talk to you. Mike Palm, VP, Circus Sports. Circus Sports here in Iowa. Time for another $1,000 handoff. Text the keyword EASY to 200-200 right now. It's your chance to win $1,000 EASY to 200-200. You'll get a confirmation text and info. Standard data and message rates apply in this nationwide contest. All righty. Back with Stephen M. Sipple from the Lincoln Journal Star. We'll talk Huskers with Sip. Catch up on the busy week uh, in Lincoln. It's Miller and Con. And we're on Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3. That's off. Now back to Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO and 106.3 FM. Hi, Miller and Condon. Welcome back. Chicken Coop presents our next guest, the Stephen M. Sippel, Lincoln Journal Star News out of Wisconsin. Malusi, the talented running back, mm-hmm. out for the rest of the year. Oh, really? That's a blow. Uh, let's get our friend Stephen M. Sipple. The Huskers have a bye week this week, but there's certainly been a more than their fair share of news coming out of Lincoln in the state of Nebraska. Hello, Sip, Trent, and Ken. Thank you for coming on. How are you? I'd say fine. How are you guys doing? <laughs> doing pretty well. Well, Sip, following you as on Twitter as I do, seem to be percolating on Monday that you guys had at least an inkling that there was about to be some news made uh, within the football program and the athletic director, etc. Um, so when did the when did these talks first begin, Sip? As far as the restructuring and the fact that uh, you know Frost is going to be back and Trev Alberts was good with that. When did you? When did this start to percolate? 
Well, there's two separate discussions there. I mean, I, it started to become pretty clear to me that, uh, that Frost would be back as the head coach. I'd say all in the days leading to the week of the Ohio State game, let's put it that way. So last week, I'd say I was hearing from sources around Thursday and Friday mm-hmm. that, he, that Frost was safe. Um, and then from there, uh, I didn't really hear much that would suggest that he was going to make four staff changes on offense, four changes to his full-time staff. I never really heard a lot of that until early Monday this week. So, you know, early Monday morning, nothing to publish, nothing that was publishable. But mm-hmm. that uh, I was, I was sort of surprised that there were four staff changes. I, I thought there would be a that's the deal. So why now? Why why the firing of the four assistant coaches at this point? I mean, ultimately, is that the best thing for this group of team? The, the guys out there still playing? Hey, I'll figure it out. We'll put some assistants on there, some low-level guys, and you'll figure it out for the last two games. Why now? Well, it's a, rec- it's a recruiting calendar discussion, and it's a transfer portal discussion. It, the timing makes sense to me in that, well, you couldn't really send four guys out this week uh, on the bye week that you knew were going to get fired. Um, or if, if you were even, I could, I guess, if you were considering it, you could have done it. It's more, but it's more about, I mean, that, that was sort of, that, that really, that part didn't really matter. What mattered is recruiting for this cycle really ramps up about November, not about, on November 28th. You know, from November 28th to that December 9th, 8th, 9th, 10th area, it's a huge, it's a huge couple weeks. That's when a lot of stuff gets done. And I I, I think Scott thinks he, he wants to have guys in place um, before that point. And by the way, all, the transfer portal, and it's hard to, it's hard to understand this stuff because it's still relatively new. But a lot of transfer portal movement will be occurring in the, in the next few weeks. So that's why. The, the, the calendar in college football, and I know it's hard for guys like us to kind of adjust to it, but you have to adjust to it. There's teams, there's teams making moves all over the country. Texas Tech has fired a head coach and hired a head coach. Florida has dismissed coaches. It's happening, all, it's happening now. And this is really the time to do it. I understand it's not it, the players. It, it's a bad deal for the players, but it's not. It's not a crazy move by Frost to do, to make those moves now. It makes it probably makes more sense than it would than it doesn't. Because well, Sip, when when you um, look, I, I I call and I'm being I'm not being. I'll use Trent's word. He's used a couple of times this week. Flip it, and I like it. Um, this is a good three and seven team if there is such a thing, right? I know that sounds ridiculous. I get it. And when I, when I say it, I put, they, I get the, well, they, they beat Ford and Buffalo and Northwestern. But that's true. But look at the games that they were in, right? They were in the Michigan game and Minnesota game wasn't great. Purdue, they fought back. The Ohio State game was not a blowout. You can see that the, 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 I still think the arrow was pointing up. 
Is that the consensus in Nebraska, or do our fans said, you know what, four years is enough. It's just not going. It's just not going to end well. May as well do this now as opposed to waiting another year. Yeah, <laughs> um, that's a. I, I'm pretty much aligned with you, but boy, consensus in Nebraska. Okay, no, it's a real heated. It's sharply divided. Okay, you know nothing you said was outlandish at all. It's it's very nuanced, right? I, I agree with you basically, but man, you know, what you get, of course, is come on, the record's all that matters, um, and it's not. I mean, it, it's not. You don't have to go to AD school to judge a, a person's record. You know, you would need an AD. You know, just hit a certain mark and you're fine, or if you don't hit it, you're fired. I mean, it, you know, it's nuanced. I, now, having said that. Kenny, it's hard to sell fifteen and twenty-seven as progress. That's yeah, I know it. Yeah. It really is. I mean, it, 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 but but I would tell you this, and you saw it. You guys both saw it. So we, I talk to you all the time. There's no doubt that there's been progress since 2017. When you consider the end of the 2017 season, not even the end. You know, I'd say the second half of the 2017 season. If you just take yourself back into that that time when Nebraska was getting blown out, and then was then was laid down, mailing it in. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's no, there's nothing like that going on right now. I mean, they they do they fight, and they they are playing teams, the best teams in the country close. After the Ohio State game, I wrote it. Albert is looking for reasons to retain Scott. He just saw plenty of them. so. I, I, it is really a difficult discussion, and it's heated here. Well, Sip, look at the the teams four, six, seven. Where's Oklahoma? Eight, four, six, seven, and eight in the current play college football playoff ranking. They've beaten Nebraska by a combined less than twenty points. Yeah, I mean that's now, we're talking Michigan State, Michigan, Oklahoma, and Ohio State. That's that's less than twenty points in those four games combined. Yeah, you know what? You guys know what's interesting. I. I and again, these are sort of nuanced, so you really got to listen closely when we when these discussions are being had. But I read writers around here saying Nebraska played those teams close that you just just mentioned, but they lost to Purdue and Minnesota. Yeah. And I'm always like, wait a second, Purdue and Minnesota? I mean, those Purdue has beaten number two and number three yeah. this year. Yeah. I mean, what what? Everybody looked, but people think about Purdue and Minnesota like it's 1994, you know? It's not. And it's not 1994 for Nebraska, by the way. (laughs) If I think that Nebraska's new standards, expectations, should be be at this point of the season with a chance to win the West. Mm -hmm. I mean, be Minnesota, Purdue, Iowa, and Wisconsin. Get to that point. Get, Get there and be there consistently. And I think for a lot of people, that would be enough. For a lot of people, that would be enough. And it should be, because the the, the landscape has changed dramatically since we first started. No question. The Trev Alberts conversation, the release that he had, and some of the quotes that are out there talking about, yeah, I know that this has not worked before, but we're going to try to make it work here. How do you think that the athletic director, Trev Alberts, has handled this whole hoopla over the last week? I'd say as well as can be expected. Uh, 
I, I appreciated, you know, he sat down with, uh, with, with myself and our beat writer and the couple writers from the world Herald and took any, I mean, it wasn't censored. He took any question we had and he had, he was ready. And I thought he explained himself very well. Um, he explained why the moves were made, why the moves were made now. Um, he doesn't really get into expectations going forward. He, unlike the previous athletic director, he does not put a number mm. on what progress looks like in terms of wins. But I mean, hey, Trent, uh, he sat down with four reporters for. I mean, I got the impression that we had as long as we wanted, and it's, mm. so it's probably forty minutes or so. Um, and I thought he, I, I thought his his message throughout the fall has been consistent that he's not looking at the record as much as just looking for incremental progress. And that's what Kenny's alluding to. I mean, they've gotten better um, in some in some key areas, and they've improved in some areas as the season's gone along. Their special teams have gotten smoothed out to a large degree. Um, they, they're not a, you know, they're not a heavily penalized team at this point. They don't. They've cut down on the number of mistakes. They still make critical ones, but you know, I mean, you can look across. Just watch it. Watch college games on Saturday. You know, you're not seeing perfect football. So, yeah, I, I'm I'm kind of aligned with Kenny on this. It, it'd be hard. I'd be hard pressed to say that it's a disaster in any way. And I do, and I think I, and I have seen progress. The question becomes, guys, come on, as well, what are we dealing with here? The question is, has there been enough? Mm-hmm. And Trev Albert apparently, I mean, didn't, not apparently, he felt there was enough to give him another shot. Chicken Coop presents our friend Stephen M. Sippel, Lincoln Journal star. We will talk to you in advance of Nebraska and Wisconsin next week. Thank you, Sip. Enjoy the rest of the bye week. Appreciate it. All right. You guys enjoy enjoy the day. Thank you very much. Yep. Good to talk to you. Stephen M. Sippel, Chicken Coop sponsors. I think I'm a Husker fan. Yeah. I certainly sound like one. You do. It's been 20 years of... <laughs> yeah, I've hit it well, haven't I? Herbie Husker over there. <laughs> uh, it's 10.45. Lee Sterling, Paramount Sports, joins the program next. We'll go over his uh, handful of games when we come back on Des Moines Sports Station 106.3. Things come together. Miller and Condon, welcome back to Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXO and 106.3 FM. Old habits, Trent. You'll get there. I will. I got this big sign in front of me, too, and it's still, well, it helps most of the time. Yes. Let's get Lee Sterling in here to help us out with some college football and a little NFL football. Another week is upon us it's beginning tonight. Lee Sterling, how was your week last week? Winning week when you were with us. How are you? Week went nine and five in the football and nice. and one and everything except for the NBA. So I can't complain. <laughs> Keep piling up those victories. That's what it's all yeah. about. And get to the end of the season. Well, as we wait, make our way through November, we kick win off with a huge Big Twelve matchup: Oof. Baylor, Oklahoma. The number kind of in that goofy zone too. Five and a half right now. The Sooners the favorite. Yeah, in the NFL, it's it's a goofy number. <laughs> Uh, you want you want to stay away from five five and a half of the favorite college not as much now OU quarterback Caleb Williams obviously an upgrade over Spencer Rattler but uh, does this team look like a nine and O no. team? it doesn't to me nope. 
No. Um, their defense, now they are getting some guys back in the back end, but I think it's still far from championship level. Baylor did not have a good game last week. Their quarterback, Bohannon, coming off his worst game, just a 61.2 quarterback rating versus TCU. But they were facing a team that, I mean, it was a weird situation. I mean, Patterson steps down. Uh, then he decides he's going to help out the defense for the week, and they played out of their minds. They carry him off. Uh, I just like what Dave Aranda's done with his defense. They even held uh, OU to 27 points and 269 total yards in the game last year in Norman. Um, OU on the road in the Big 12, already 0-2 against the spread, versus Kansas and Kansas State. Uh, I just think every Big 12 team wants their crack at OU this year and Texas. Give me Baylor outright. Another undefeated team goes down 30-27. to 27. Interesting. Well, here's yeah. Purdue, and they face Ohio State, and Purdue's got a number two scalp, a number three scalp, and here comes the number four scalp. Will they continue that pattern? Ohio State, a big favorite, just under three touchdowns, about 20, depending on where you shop. How do you see this one? Yeah, and a lot of people remember that 2018 game when they went yeah. to West Lafayette yep. and beat the number two Ohio State Buckeyes 49 to 20. Didn't beat them, they spanked them. Now let's figure what they've done after those big wins. So 2018, after that big win, lost to Michigan State. Uh, this year, after beating Iowa, lost 30 to 13 Wisconsin. They might be just happy they're bowl eligible. They do everything including the kitchen sink at Michigan State last week. They they emptied it, and uh, I just think Ohio State, with all those weapons at receiver and C.J. Stroud coming off his third 400-yard passing game, I, I don't think Purdue's faced a team like this. I think Ohio State's going to try to put it on them 48-20. Wasn't that the 2018 game? Wasn't that when the you know the, the student that was yes. stricken with cancer? Yep. Trent. Yeah. Trent, yeah. yes, yeah. yes. Yep, yep thought yeah. so. Anyway, sorry. sorry Great Trent. story. Great yeah, story. Really was. Moving. Yep, moving story, yeah. emotional one, awful ending, but yeah. yeah, absolutely. Well, Texas Tech, they uh, are figuring things out. They got their new coach, and Iowa State still with the chance to get to the Big Twelve title game. Obviously, it's got to be about three straight victories. Cyclones laying ten and a half down in Lubbock. So, interim head coach Sonny Cumbie, he thought he had like a four game audition. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's not getting the job now. So, what are he and his rest of his staff doing? Trust me. They're sending out resumes, yep. <laughs> making calls. Uh, I've seen this song and dance before. Now, Campbell is going to uh, try to just dominate Texas Tech, and he's had a, done a good job. 5-0 and straight up and against the spread versus the line in the series since 2016. In fact, the first meeting was 66-10. to It was a beat down here mm-hmm. last year. Cyclones, 41-19 to time of possession. I see the same thing again. I think Texas Tech is lost. Iowa State Blowout special, forty-eight twenty-seven. Yeah, that sixty-six ten game. The <laughs> the Texas Tech quarterback he turned out pretty well, but he certainly wasn't yeah. that night. Well, let's get to the uh, let's get to the other local, and that's the Hawks. They will host the Gophers. Gophers got embarrassed by Illinois last week. Hawks squeaked by. Iowa's a five and a half point home favorite. Lee Sterling. Yeah, I mean we're just seeing up and down performances, you know, by these two teams. Iowa two and two straight up last four games, but scoring just 13.5 points per game here, and neither win was for more than five points. And um, this offense is, I mean, you know, even the backup quarterback uh, at times unwatchable, play calling still not good, uh, making a change of quarterback that might help out some, but uh, Minnesota needs to use the pass to set up the run, not the other way around. 
that's the way they usually roll, but sometimes you got to change things. They laid an egg last week against Illinois, but the only way I see Iowa winning here and covering is being plus two or more in turnover ratio. And the dog, 9-2-1 and one against the spread and go for games. I think the Hawkeyes win 23-20, but I'll take the five, five and a half here in the Gophers. Going with the Gophers, getting the points in that one. We yep. finish up with the NFL Kansas City against Vegas, a good one in the AFC mm-hmm. West as things are tightening out there. What do you see the number two and a half? Everyone's five and three or, or five and four in the division. So uh gonna be fun to watch this division. But I mean, we're the Raiders emotionally. So it. they're able to come together as we've seen teams for a couple weeks, you know, when they lose their coach like Washington State did, they've covered every game. Uh the Raiders did for a couple weeks without Gruden. But remember, he's their uh, not only their head coach, he used to call the plays. He used to dial up some really good game plans against Kansas City. Uh, their top weapon uh, in their win was uh, Henry Ruggs. He's no longer there. And uh, now all of a sudden, Kansas City's got back their top pass rusher. Chris Jones playing some pretty good inspired defense here. And the Raiders are getting lucky. They fumbled ten times this year, only lost one. Uh, the Chiefs were getting unlucky. Every ball that was going through a receiver's hands was finding a defender's hands for an interception here. So I think the Vegas sec- secondary here, uh, too beaten up and not talented enough to stay with Kansas City. Give me the Chiefs, 30-20. to 20. Sunday night football, pretty good way to wrap up the week well. Uh, your play of the week is Penn State and Michigan. It's an interesting game, a lot on the line in this one. If our audience wants more information on Penn State, Michigan, how do they get a hold of you, Lee? Wow, this is a beauty. They want to get it. Just call 800-400-9741. We'll give them the game for free again. 800-400-9741 to get Michigan and Penn State. Uh, also, it's not November. It's November here at Paramount Sports. Usually three weeks, $297 for all the football. And remember, we've got games every single day of the month, Tuesdays and Wednesdays, because we've got Maction. I'm going to sweeten the pot. I'm going to throw in basketball which we had a losing weekend, but we're winning overall. That's college and pro, because college has started. Hockey, we're number one in the world. And also UFC, where we've won five of the last seven cards. Everything through the end of the month, just $297. It's available right now, ParamountSports.com. And check out, I've got some other great videos of games like Texas A&M and Ole Miss, Georgia and Tennessee, uh, Pittsburgh and North Carolina tonight. They're all up and available. ParamountSports.com. Talk to you next week, Lee. Thank you. Appreciate it. Lee Sterling, Paramount Sports. Hour 2 coming up next. Trent Condon here to tell you about Rent-A-State, the new revenue rocket ship. Putting your home up for rent, not for sale. But why would you do that in a seller's market? Just do the math. Selling a home will catch you some cash once, while renting a home keeps that cash coming month after month after month. And because there are always renters, but not always buyers, Rent-A-State is foolproof, recession-proof, and retirement plan positive. What's not to love? The hassles of being a landlord? For one monthly flat rate, Renter's Warehouse will take away the tedious tasks. Tend to your tenants, answer the 3 a.m. calls, market your property, and collect the rent. Make the savvy, long game, paradigm shift and choose Rent Estate with Renter's Warehouse. Get your free rental price analysis today. Go to Renter'sWarehouse.com or call 515 528 4429 515 528 4429 because you can't buy happiness